NRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Upfront program, our Friday morning edition. I'm Roger, and uh, we'll be here right up until 9. And uh, we'll be talking to the people who actually uh, know the answers, the people who are involved. I like to go to what we call in the journalism business primary sources instead of secondary sources. Some secondaries are helpful when primaries are not available. Anyway, uh, we've got a couple of them. Steve D'Agostino is here for a few minutes this morning. He's Public Works Director, City of Woonsocket. And uh, we'll chat with him. He's got a few things he'd like to clarify. And then our uh, scheduled interview with uh, Michael DeBroyce, uh, Director of Planning Development, City of Woonsocket. And we'll chat with him about uh, some activities uh, in Woonsocket that uh, you may see um, as you uh, travel the streets and say, Hey, I wonder what's happening there. And does the planning department get involved in this or that? Anyway, Mike DeBrace is here. Steve D'Agostino. How you doing, Steve? Hi, good morning. How are you, Roger? I'm good, thank you. Well, um, you uh, got in touch with me yesterday and uh, said I'd like to, quote-unquote, clarify a couple of things. Uh, was anything unclarified and properly uh, that uh, you uh, you have to clarify things? Uh, because um, don't we always give the accurate and correct information on this station? Well, well you do. Some of the yeah. time, right? Yeah, right. you do. But uh, You're I on, Steve. I re- thank you. Mm-hmm. I received a couple of, uh, you know, recordings from uh, your afternoon host who, you know, focuses his, his entire show on slander. So, but that's okay. I'll deal with that in the future. So, uh, but anyway, just to bring a little transparency, um, transparency to the actual project, the Cass Park project. So we received bids, as you know, after the election. The administration went out for the sale of gravel. The council approved. We received three bidders. Uh, Kimball, Materials, Sand and Stone, one of your sponsors, Narragansett Improvement. And they accounted for approximately, not approximately, actually 143,000 yards of material. 110,000 yards of gravel, 33,000 yards of fill. You add that all up, that comes up to $935,000, just shy of a million. I happen to believe... And the engineers do as well. That that accounts for about 35% of the material that's at the site. So when you account for that, that translates to about, if you sold everything, $2.8 million in that ballpark. I also happen to believe that the, um, the net of that will be much more than what uh, John Ward presented at the council. He presented something like, I don't know, 30% net, 40%. I, I think it'll be in the order of 50 or 60% of that. So that's that. In, uh, uh, in excavating this site, as uh, we've uh, discovered, there's a lot more loom on, on the site than there is, uh, than we anticipated. That has a value as well. There's probably, you know, uh, 50,000 yards of loom there. So when you sell that, screen it, whatever, that has a significant value as well. So 
Um, we're going to retain whatever we need for the site, ancillary uh, areas around the main track facility, and we'll probably sell the rest. So when it's all said and done, and I happen to agree with Councilman Susie's uh, comments he made the other day, they were, they were very um, fair and accurate comments, okay? Um, we will see how much this project, the gravel extraction, will actually um, pay for towards the new complex. You know, I, I can't tell you if the mayor is going to use money to um, knock down the old Hokong building. You know, that's up to her. So, but this, will, this could pay for that as well. It could pay for future engineering. So, here's the long and the short of it, Roger. And I know some former council people, you know, they want to stick their nose in and, and um, kind of uh, disparage this project. And that's fine. Whatever. Have at it. Okay? That only entices me to, you know, to do more. So, here's the, here's the long and the short of it. The, the mayor and the council met with the school committee. The criteria were the following. Move the activities from Barry Field to, to the new Cass Park Athletic Complex. You could not accomplish that without removing the, 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 the hill where the gravel is. You couldn't. If you put the, the, the new facility exactly where the existing Dion track is, okay, you would have had the same cost, okay? There would have been no difference, and you wouldn't have gained any extra uh, field space for the other activities. So that was the criteria of the mayor and council. That's what they wanted. That's what I'm doing, okay? It's very simple. And you're generating revenue towards this new facility. I know that's, you know, that's discouraging to some people because they're so used to just paying for everything. And then I hear stupid comments like, well, this opera money should be used for paving roads. Hello, in case you haven't realized, I've overseen the paving of 140 roads in this city, okay? Paid for by the taxpayers. No debt like the previous mayor and administration you know, the, the gang that couldn't shoot straight went into debt. They borrowed $12 million, ended up paying $19 million to pave roads. We borrowed zero. Okay? So don't even try to compare yourself to us. That's number one. Okay? Number two, this will be one of the, the, the nicest complex in the state of Rhode Island when it's all said and done with greenery and all the ancillary um, activities that will go on there. Not just for football. You can use it for soccer, track and field, football, all, all other activities. Rent it out. Whatever. It will have a nice welcoming center. It will have a nice parking area and a beautiful state-of-the-art turf field. No maintenance. Okay? That's, that's what the goal, that's what will be achieved here. So one of the nicest projects um, to ever come across this city instead of that old antiquated um, track, okay? Which I feel, by the way, is undeserving of being named after the, uh, the person that's, that's been named after for years. So that's my personal opinion. I wouldn't attend a ceremony for that, period, okay? 
Okay. So. Can I summarize what I think uh, the message was in Go the ahead. first part of it? So that How about it? So this is my takeaway. Um, so I was looking at the spreadsheet that Mr. Ward uh, yeah. presented. And I think what you're saying is uh, before you look at spreadsheets, um, this, uh, this story hasn't been told yet. The money uh, hasn't come in yet. The... Um, the gravel and the um, and the loom hasn't been fully sold yet, and yeah. when it does, the fig- the figures on the spreadsheet will change. Absolutely, Roger. Is that the message? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. looking at nine weeks, okay, of what could be a year, year and a half extraction process. Nine weeks, and anybody with any uh, construction knowledge, if you have a shred of it, will you'll know that the upfront cost is always the most on a project to get started, right? That's where the cost is. And the sale of the loom and the gravel will be the payback on those upfront. Pretty much, yeah, Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So uh, I just want to clarify that because, you know, there's a a little disinformation campaign happening Mm -hmm. now and on a a nine-week overview of a a year-and-a-half project. So, um, you know, let's see what happens when it's all said and done. Thank so. you, Mr. D'Agostino. Okay. And, so other uh, than that, Mr. DeBryce, you have a nice day. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, I look forward to listening we'll to you. We'll see you next time, Steve. All right. And let's go to lunch next yeah. week because mm-hmm. you're missing out on a lot of revenue in, in that time slot. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> four. So I'll, I'll buy you the, 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 the sandwich I was going to give to Kanoya uh-huh. for the bet that he won. Okay. So. I'll take that. Okay. Right. Thank you, Steve D'Agostino. All right. We'll be back in a moment. We're going to check in with our real estate question of the day. Bob Martin is here with our real estate question of the week. And it says, I recently met with a lender to get qualified for a mortgage. He told me the best program for me was FHA. Why is that? And is this a good program? Bob? FHA is an excellent program. We probably, the homes we sell, I would say probably three quarters in this area use FHA. Reasons for using FHA can be a little bit numerous. Uh, One, they allow you to have a lower credit score. Two, they allow what's called a debt income ratio to be higher than a conventional mortgage, which means that a higher percentage of your income can go towards your mortgage. Another third factor is that they do allow a gift from a nonprofit or a family relative. A nonprofit would be Rhode Island Housing, which is why the $17,500 that Rhode Island Housing is offering now as first-time home buyers, that is a nonprofit. And those mortgages virtually have to be FHA because they do allow that gift. Otherwise, if you went conventional, they just wouldn't allow someone to, that's not a family relative, to give you the mortgage So or that down payment. So, yes, it's an excellent program. You know, it does have PMI, which anything less than 20% down has anyway. They've recently lowered the premium rates on it from 0.85 to 0.55, which actually makes it affordable. So it's a great program. It's semi-government program program, but it's something that it's utilized quite a bit in our area. Thank you, Bob Martin. Want to talk to Bob? Here's his cell phone, 401-474-3556, or call the office at 766-7545, extension 111. Bob Martin, broker owner, Crossroads Real Estate Group.
Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11.30 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Uh, the Roast House has a great luncheon menu, and uh, you can have uh, your tuna melt or uh, your tacos, or you can just hit the regular menu and enjoy uh, some of their um, some of their great things like uh, fresh mussels uh, uh, you can have mussels fra diablo and mussels portuguese style they're just mussels and a nice sauce it's all at uh, the roast house in blackstone massachusetts we're going to check in with um, our good friends at uh, brigido's fresh market and then we'll be back since 1941, Brigido's Fresh Market, dedicated to quality, great cuts of meat and fresh produce from the farm. Most importantly, Brigido's was always about superior customer service. With even more, premium deli and prepared foods and the finest baked goods. Serving the northern Rhode Island area with three locations, Situate, Pasco, and also 900 Victory Highway in Slatersville. We continue the family tradition with our core values. Stay tuned to WNRI as we continue to update our stores to serve you better, and we'll tell you all about it right here. Beautiful selection of breads, too, at Brigido's. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel this time is uh, Michael DeBrice, and uh, he is Director of Planning and Development, City of Woonsocket, in studio with us by invitation. Thank you for uh, coming by today. No, thank you, Roger. It's always a pleasure to come in and talk to uh, you and uh, listeners. All right, let's uh, cover a bunch of topics, um, and uh, we'll uh, uh, not necessarily bring them in as uh, uh, the most important or less important, but uh, just uh, get to them. Uh, first of all, it is a talk show, and if you have a question for Michael, uh, you, Mike, uh, you're welcome to call in. At 7690600, you're welcome to send us an email up front at WNRI.com. Um, this is, a, I guess, a, this is going to be the toughest question because I don't think you know the answer to it. Because <laughs> we don't know how this food hub is going to look like. Uh, because there might be somebody out there who is going to be in the food hub, but they haven't even approached and said, hey, we got a good idea for it. Tell us about this Seagull Motors, I think it was Seagull Motors at one time, Aaron's uh, Renter Center. What do you see it as of July um, of um, 2023 uh, or late June? What do you see it uh, as right now? And and it's going to be different when it's opened up. Yeah, so, I mean, right now we all know it's an eyesore. Um, it's still under lease by Aaron's Furniture. They don't own the property, but they, they, they still have a seven-year lease, and they can continue to stay like that. Um, we caught wind through the mayor's office of a grant that was available through the um, EDA, and um, we started looking around what we could do with it. And this location at 330 Social Street was the ideal spot that we started to envision a food hub. To go there, I think it's good. I, I, I am so excited for the city for this project. It's something that I've been really wanting to get my hands on and start. And we've actually been in there this week with our inspectors from our uh, building inspection division. 
Today, our structural engineer does his walkthrough. Next week, our environmental engineers do their walkthrough. And this is all part of the due diligence period for the purchase and sales agreement that we have. We're in a 45-day window as soon as we get that all set. And our city solicitor signs off that that everything looks good and protects the city. Then uh, we'll have the keys and we're going to be ready to go. The vision is that this building will be, uh, right now it's a single story um, cement block building. It will be a two-story when we're done with it. We'll have an elevator access to the second floor. Second floor will house uh, hydroponics and a cafe. The roof line of that will be a solar system that will help uh, support some of the electricity used within the building. The first floor right now is envisioned, and of course, this can change, right? Because uh, it's you know it's good to have the vision and somewhere to direct us. Um, approximately five different businesses that could start up in there. They can have up to a five-year agreement with the city to um, help get their business off and into the right direction. We support them with um, employee training through the higher ed on Main Street, and um, with also um, equipment that they'll need to for their business, whether it's a flower shop, a bakery, what do they need for wash stations, what do they need for a cooler. So we built that into the um, cost of the grant, which came out to about $4 million. And the city's part of that is around 793000 the parking lot will remain the same. In the back of the parking lot, we'll have a, it's got a nice green area. We envision some picnic tables back there, some food truck, um, and possibly some light entertainment, depending on uh, as we get this, you know, the ball going. But my biggest thing is want that key for the city, and uh, this again is going to be a good thing for the downtown. So <clears throat> it's not a supermarket. And it's not necessarily a French farmer's market, uh, but we don't really know what it might be. I don't like to use the term of just a, a farmer's market either, because at the food hub, I think it's, I like the word food hub. And, and the pictures that we have of renderings is is really cool. I like how, we, how our office designed everything. Um, the right-hand side, we envision that to be all garage doors that they'll open up in this nice weather like what we had yesterday, maybe not this weekend. And that would have let patrons walk in and walk back out. It will be open year-round. That There will be a walkway in the, on the inside that they can still go into the different businesses. Um, again, I think we'll... We'll see. I'm already getting calls where, where people are actually already interested in. They they have the vision of what they want to do for to kick off their own business. Whether you know in the food industry, I, I like to bring that down there because I think having some nice fresh produce into the city. And I know we do have some of that in some of the convenience stores and and the one grocery store that we have. But I think there's still so much more to offer to the residents. And and I think the vision that the the mayor, myself, and my office bring to the to this 330 social street is is going to be a little gold mine for the city do you envision something like a bakery in there i love to see a bakery i love to see a flower shop i like to see um uh, maybe a fish market uh, meat store um but we're open to anyone's different vision you know there's a lot of very uh knowledgeable people that are out there that that will say hey i like to do um, I don't know. Maybe it's all. A, maybe it's just a big pizza shop. Um, uh, it, so it, there's all. It, it will see where it brings us. So you mentioned five possibilities. Those would all be owned by different 
entrepreneurs, right? Yes. We'll end up going out to an RFP to have someone manage the facility. Um, that was built into the grant. It was also managed, uh, built in that they would have an assistant and somebody to help maintain the property. With all this engineering uh, studies uh, from the three categories you just mentioned and the fact that you're adding uh, a second story to the building, when could the food hub be a food hub? If we can um, get the keys, we'll start getting all the bids out, um, get the formal designs done all this year. We could start really getting into construction of it uh, next year. We do have, I believe it's um, 2026 that we have not the grant until. And if we, you know, I would hope that we have all that done before then. And one thing that the mayor's office has been very strong in is when we start a project, we get the project done. We don't like it lingering. We, you know, it, 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 that does nobody any good. You know, our only downfall will be materials. I, I don't see anything else holding us back. And just definition of terms before we leave this topic, hydroponics, um, can I guess that? Is that like uh, maybe uh, uh, a nursery growing things uh, um, naturally? Yes. Um, Organically? Yep. Vegetables and such. My wife does that in our own condo. Um, I find it very interesting. She has a love for it. And, I, you know, this, of course, is on a huge scale of that. But, yeah, it's it's growing it inside the water and um, the growing of the vegetables that you can then sell down below into another store. So we'll have... Uh Glass opening on the top to let the let the sunshine in, so to speak. Or I don't know all the ins or and outs. Just water. It's, it's going to have water. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of how we'll design the um, windows and stuff, and you know, open it up for for cross breeze and stuff. But I do look forward to working with uh, with the designers on this. All right, on to other topics because we want to cover a whole bunch of things. Uh, one of the things I uh, I wrote to uh, to Mike about was uh, the planning board. We hear about it. And the planning board is, you know, an appointed board, but they have to work with your office, uh, right, in, in the stuff they do. Can you explain how you relate to the planning board and what the planning board does? And maybe take a project that they are looking at that you can discuss uh, and show how the planning board does its thing and how your office assists them in doing that. Sure, and I thought your questions were really good, and I appreciate that you sent them ahead of time. And I think what's interesting is that you touched on the planning board, but I just want to make sure that that you also know that under my office we have the zoning board review. Mm -hmm. We have the redevelopment agency of Woonsocket. That's a whole other board. And we have the planning board. So we're a very active office. My city planner, Ken uh, Kirkland, is, uh, handles everything with the planning board. I do attend, I uh, make myself available, and I've attended almost every one of these board meetings throughout the last year and a half that I've been director. I feel it's important that I'm, that I'm there to interject and listen to the thoughts of the boards. The, I find every board very interesting. I think that the volunteers on the boards, even though they do get a very, very small compensation, do an outstanding job. The, the questions that they ask, the um, research that they do is, is very interesting. And, and, you know, I sit there and I listen 
And um, sometimes I'm in awe that the city of Woonsocket has these volunteers available for their use. Each board runs a little bit differently. You know, the planning board is looking at the different developments that come into the city. How do they work within um, the guidelines that are re- that are written under the subdivision regulations? Same thing with the zoning board. They look as to how is the regulations from the zoning ordinance uh, interpreted and how do they walk that line of approvals, variances, denials, and same thing with the redevelopment agency. They have their own set of restrictions that they have to follow and how they um, work together to improve the city. So I think each one is is very interesting. I, I always encourage everybody to attend these. They're open to the public. And I think it's interesting that, you know, that people should understand how their government works. Um, I, I love when I, when I see, you know, a couple people come in and it's not just for, you know, that they might have an interest in a project, but they're actually there to, to, to listen in on that. And I wish that there would be more of that from, uh, from our residents, but I understand not everybody's available at night. So they are interested in Roger and they do take each of those pieces, the subdivision aspect, the zoning aspect. Um, and uh, there's quite a bit of guidelines that we have to follow that have been written by our forefathers to make sure that the city is on the right path. Well, let's take one of the projects. Uh, so um, every day uh, when uh, Jeff Gamash or myself uh, travel Manville Road, we see uh, a big, you know, uh, it used to be, that used to be the powerhouse or the coal burning plant for the Verdun Manufacturing Company. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, that's what it was with a big smokestack. And now it's going to be a big something else. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on on Manville Road? And did the planning board get involved in it? And let's, let's maybe tie it all together. So because the developer is still in the stages of getting his approvals, I can't go through everything that, that's designed there. Fair enough. Um, and I'm sure that as we get further along, the mayor will be more than happy to discuss the the the, uh, the talks that we've had with the developer. Um, it, it is complete site that owns it. They own property up behind that, and they bought this land. They asked if there was any restrictions for them to go ahead and get the land cleared and start getting the grading done. There is none, so they'll be putting out their um, um, stormwater controls within the next couple of days. But I met with the owner out there yesterday and looked at the site, and um, he's got an awesome vision. He does have to go in front of the zoning board, but not the planning board. Mm -hmm. He has come to our office a number of times, completely uh, very excited on the project that he's going to be doing. I think it's going to fit well in that area. I think the people on Circle Street and Manville Road are going to be very pleased with the vision that he has. I know our office is excited to work with him on that. And we're helping him right now with the with his application to the zoning board. And if anyone has any interest, it, that, that meeting will be open. And I believe he's trying to get in there in the August meeting for, for that. So that's when, um, when it comes before the zoning board, we, we get a picture of what the development is going to be like. That is correct. He'll have to make a formal presentation to the zoning board. He'll have his renderings available um, to ask for the different variances that he may or may not need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the zoning board will take all that stuff into consideration and, and give them uh, um, their thoughts, approval, denial uh, that evening. So uh, basically what he's done up to this point didn't need any zoning board approval. Uh, he, he checked with the, uh, with the Department of Planning 
and said, uh, can I do this and that? And there were no restrictions for him not to do that. That is correct. That's one of the things I love about the job that I've, ta- that I've had since uh, January of last year of 22 is meeting with these developers and listening to um, what their thoughts are for the different, their, their, um, what they do for a living, what they want to do on a piece of property. So we always um, have an open door policy. They'll schedule to come in and meet with staff and I'll bring in everybody. And the mayor started doing these round tables when she became mayor. And I think it was uh, um, our, some of the lawyers that attend and some of the engineers. So it's, it, it's, they don't see this in any other community where they get to come in and sit down with staff before they even spend all this money on uh, engineers and staffing and designs. Um, so it's, it's a, a win-win on both, both sides. And that's what this young man has done, is, is done exactly that. He's met with our office a couple of times on, on his vision for that property. More to come on that. So, again, uh, we're trying to see the relationship between the zoning board and the planning board and certain private developments going on. So let's go to Hospital Trust right across from your office. Uh, Hospital Trust building, um, former registry building. Uh, ben, um, ben and I saw now for a while. And I know that um, uh, when the mayor was here last time, she said that they uh, kind of slowed down a little bit on the project. But... Um, uh, tell us again how the planning department interacts with various boards and get that project working for a project uh, for a private developer. So this that was uh, another very interesting one. I mean, we've seen that eyesore now on Main Street. How can you not? How can you miss it? Um, and they've. The new owners came in and met with uh, our office and the mayor's office a number of times to go over their vision. They come in with a set of uh, of basic drawings. Very impressive. It's very costly. And um, one of the first things that they wanted to do was get in there and start clearing out the place. Unfortunately, you know, their subcontractor, this had nothing to do with the developers. Their subcontractor went in there maybe a little bit too aggressive. There is some asbestos issues. It's an older building. And because of that, there's some precautions that need to be taken. Um, You know, I think everybody knows that the building was, you know, shut down until we've got their engineers to say, you know, what's clean, what's not, what floors can they go on, what floors can they not. And... That not at no point in time does my office, through the building inspection office, want to stop any job. We want every job to continue forward. That's aggravation and money loss on that developer, and it's time loss on us, and we don't want that. Um, so, unfortunately, we had to put a stop order on that just so that way the subcontractors could stop what they were doing. Their engineers could go in there, assess what the issues are. They've done most of their assessments. They haven't reported those assessments to us, but they continuously meet with us. Um, and I, I see in um, probably next couple of weeks they're going to come back in and say, okay, guess what? We've got clearance on this floor, that floor. We're going to go in there. If you go up on High Street, you'll see that they still have a dumpster in the back because they are anticipating to continue with the project. And we want them to. We want them to be successful. So the, um, as they get a little bit further along, they'll have to go to um, zoning. I don't think they'll have to go to planning board on this one. Um, we always sit down with our city planner and look to see, do, do they need it? I don't want to send anyone to a board that they don't need to go to, right? right. Uh, there's, there's no reason to. It's, too many questions get asked, too many good questions. So it's like, if you don't need to go there, don't go there. So we, 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 we vet that all ahead of time. And um, it's already been revealed that uh, upstairs will be um, living residences and 
uh, maybe first or second floor, some kind of commercial activity. Can we generalize on that? Yeah, and that's following the guidelines that are set for uh, for Main Street for the downtown is that the first floor has to be for commercial space. Um, and then they'll be doing upstairs um, market rate um, apartments and uh, with, some, uh, with uh, a number of rooms set aside for common areas for the residents. How similar or different is the Longley building a few doors down <laughs> from uh this project uh is that um, a project that's underway in yeah, any way that one um started before i became director the city um was able to get some grant money to help that that uh, owner with an elevator for ada access and that is presently being with an architect for the design and they're going to have everything ready for the owner forbidden and it'll be up to the owner afterwards to take it to the next step there's also some work um, from that grant for some ADA accessibility for the common uh, for the commercial space on the first floor. Um, Mr. Eno owns that property. He's been in our office again numbers of times uh, to review everything. Again, great vision. Commercial first floor, residential up above. Yeah, and speaking to him, he really he'd really like to get this project. Uh, done sooner than than it's been. I guess it's just been some took, frustrations. I don't. I don't know if it's so, so much frustration, Roger. Mistino, it's you know owned a, a number of Domino's pizza shops in uh, not just in Woonsocket but around the area, and then uh, he sold everything. And then he wanted to take some time off. He's never had a vacation and took more or less a year to himself and to his family and was able to travel. And now he's just back and he's just starting to get back into the into the game. All right, some uh, listener. Uh, in Put, uh, but Longley is back on the drawing boards for of course, a yes. All right, some listeners, um, a member of the Autumn Fest committee, uh, happy to know that uh, the stage uh, will be replaced. Uh, they think it's going to be replaced uh, at Autumn Fest. Just like to know the timetable. What do you think? So, and you know, that's been disclosed that way that there's been some grant money, and uh, city council has also put some money aside for a new uh, stage at World War II Veterans Memorial Park. The um, we've extended the grant because there was a deadline, and we knew that we weren't going to hit it. Um, we wanted to get through Autumn Fest of this year. Uh, the day after Autumn Fest, Director D'Agostino has said that he'll begin his crews in there to do the demolition, which is going to save on the cost of the project. My office will be handling the RFPs with that. And then depending, or it might be an RFQ. I, I'm trying to, dis, you know, we might just have people come back in with their designs and kind of provide them with a general vision of what the city would like. And um, then we'll pick from that. The only thing that will slow down that pocket, uh, that process again will be uh, availability of materials. So the stage begins uh, based on availability of materials after Autumn Fest and will be completed before Autumn Fest. <laughs> that would be my number one goal. A listener says, uh, will you ask uh, Mr. DeBrice um, if he's seen anything uh, like another food hub sub- somewhere else or will this be one of the first in the country? It's not going to be one of the first of the country. One of the things that we always do is we always see what neighboring communities do, neighboring states do. I'm not saying that you know nobody wants to steal anything from a, a vision from someone else, but it's nice to see a similar vision somewhere out there, and you always want to make yours better than that one. I believe the city of Providence has um, a, a food market that they have that has um, um, some similar aspects to this, but you know we did take a look at that one, and we always look at what the what the what we can approve upon 
Good morning. How can the public watch the planning and zoning boards online? As you said, it can be difficult to get to City Hall in person. So is there any effort underway to allow the public to watch the meetings and play back the recordings? Anything uh, on that? They are not. Um, I mean, as, as everybody knows, that the filming of all those meetings with uh, through Zoom and all that came to an end when uh, when uh, COVID kind of let down a little bit. So no, they're not they're not um, taped or anything. But the notes and um, review of that is always available. If somebody needs to see what happened in their neighborhood and wants a copy of um, the um, the notes on that that were taken, they can call our office and we can provide that to them. My comment, um, it's not from a listener, but any of those meetings, uh, they're open to the public, you said. Yes. Uh, but is there, uh, uh, is the public just a spectator or, or are those meetings conducted and, and there's, quote unquote, no good and welfare, so to speak? Um, so th- there's, depending on what's in front of each board, there's a time, uh, if it's an open hearing, um, then the public has a right to get up to speak on the project. All right, and uh, let's go now to another one of the projects, um, and that is <coughs> the middle school, and uh, the former middle school, formerly uh, uh, for some uh, generations, formerly it was a junior high school. Actually, when it was built, it was just a high school, and then they added the junior high school, put the two buildings together, and so it's the former high school and junior high, and then middle school, and now... Well, now what? Uh, where is that project going, and and is it underway? The, the another interesting project. I mean, that one is a, a huge housing project here in the city. That is underway. The developers been in. Um, I would probably say once a month they're in the office meeting with myself, my staff, um, other departments, um, and the mayor's office. Right now we have um, set up where myself, the mayor, and our tax assessor um, meet with them on a conference call every week. We just had that call yesterday, so we get weekly updates as to where they're going, stuff that they ask questions on, that we do some homework on. Very um, the Goldman Group, great, um, great group. Again, great vision that they have. I like the people that they've brought on to assist them with the project. They definitely thinking outside the box. It's going to be some, um, you know, upper scale apartments. I, and I think again, a great win for that neighborhood after what they've had to see for all these years of of it just sitting there. And I foresee this project moving along. I mean, it's it's a this is a very costly project. Um, you know, I could say that envision that this is to get this project probably completed. You're, you're looking around forty five million dollars. So it's not a it's not just building a little single family house in the city. This Boston based group, I believe, and and they have a vision. So. Uh do you see uh, what are some of the other components of this project that they're working on other than apartments? Uh, is there a gym there or yeah, I think uh, it's, a, it's yeah. I'm, I'm not saying anything that's not already been said. They want to have a uh, they want to bring a pool into there. They want to bring a gym. They want to open up the pool to maybe have a Winsocket High School Middle School swim team. They want to have it 
uh, available to the public? You know, is it a paid membership? Is it, you know, is, you know, a lot of that stuff is still in the negotiation pot as they look at the logistics. They'll be definitely open to the, the uh, residents of, uh, of that complex. So that pot is, is great. It's good to see. Um, again, I love the vision. And uh, some of the, you know, I save background material. This uh, company, uh, this is not their first uh, time uh, at this. Uh, they have been in Brockton, Taunton, Fall River with other projects. And so um, they, uh, they're pretty experienced at what they do. They are. Um, it's great to have them on board. It's, you know, it's a shame that, you know, the past developer didn't get a chance to get his concept going but you know we're going to look forward and we're working with the, the goldman group now and and i'm looking for that day where they say that their first contractor is in there and they start um making uh, that place from a school to uh, living quarters all right um before we take our break i have a few commercials on the all saints uh, property uh, uh which uh, may be sold uh, to a private developer um I want to find out when, let's say, so when somebody buys that property and city owns it, now they buy the property, they own it. Um, this is a question about the planning department, not about that project. What do, what would they have to do once they own it? Uh, do they get in touch with um, the city uh, once they have an idea? What, what is their first touch with the city once they own the property and they envision, we're going to make this into a big, huge apartment complex. So they contact you or somebody else? First. They'll, they'll uh, contact me and um, we'll welcome them to, you know, to the conference table to sit down. And they'll come in and just sit down and, and nothing, no papers, no drawings. And I, I envision the first thing they're going to say is, you know, if this is, you know, I'm going to say first, it, maybe it's residential. They're going to say, all right, director, how many units can I build there? Well, by zoning, this is what you can do. By zoning board of review, maybe you can do more. And this is what we can support you with. Is it any commercial part of it? Are you using the existing structures? Do you plan on demoing those those structures and building new? You know, then we start looking at the setback requirements. I can tell you that since it's been looked at, that that it's been out there that the city is looking to probably you know market it and we know that the city council just approved that this week our office is already receiving calls from developers on this and we haven't even put the ad in the paper yet so if uh if zoning laws permit or zoning rules permit 55 units no more but they want to do 63 they can get a variance though by applying for a variance, doesn't the zoning board have that authority to up it a little bit? That is correct. The, the zoning board, they would, it would go to the zoning board of review, and they would listen to why do you need the extra units? What is, you know, it's not, you know, there's a, there's a whole criteria that you have to look at on that. And uh, they'd be looking at the parking, you know, how many cars can you fit on the, on the premises? So that's the stuff that the zoning board of review would be looking at if it has to go that route. We'll be back. Um, not all the questions I have for uh, Mike, uh, he uh, knows about, but I'm going to let him think about this question uh, while we play a few commercials. So uh, here he is sitting in his office uh, as director of planning, and we've got 8.8 .8 square miles in Woonsocket. And I want to see, what does he see that he would like something to happen with that parcel or that area uh, that has potential 
but um, he's the direct director of planning. So he's not a developer, but boy, I'd like to see something happen with that. Do you have a thought on that? I will. Will you hold the thought? Yes. The Honey Shop is fast becoming a household name. A food manufacturer, they make natural health products, honey products, and gourmet foods, such as infused olive oils, balsamic salsas, hot sauces, gluten-free soups, jams, apple cider vinegar products, pasta sauces, teas, sugar, barbecue sauces, natural nut and seed butters, and yes, more. If you love food, you're going to love the Honey Shop. Many of their products are available in shop for sampling. Their signature product of course, Breathe. It's an all-natural cold and allergy remedy. Made, of course, with honey. It was invented in 2013. In addition to the food and health products, they also host workshops, classes, events, and educational hikes. So if you're looking for a true shopping experience or are looking to add a little spice to your life, stop by for a bite. The Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, the same building that houses CLM Picture Framing Gallery, you'll find The Honey Shop right here in the city of Woonsocket. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's. Perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. Hey, they'll be open this weekend. Uh, and uh, the steak tips are very nice. Uh, naturally, they have great, uh, great Italian food, including their eggplant parmesan. So good at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. All right. Um, let's see what I have here. Oh, um, new sponsor, um, Dynamic Electric. They're in Manville. And uh, they do it all, and uh, they'd like you to know what they do. An electrician close by with experience and a great reputation. It's Dynamic Electric in Manville. What service do you need? Panel and meter upgrade? Generator installation? Solar or EV charging system? Call Dynamic Electric for all your electrical needs, residential, commercial, and industrial. Licensed in Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Call 401-306-9030. A company you can depend on. Dynamic Electric, ready to solve your electrical needs and glad to be part of the local community in Manville. Find us on the web at dynamicne.com. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hi, everybody. We are speaking with uh, Michael DeBrois. Mike DeBrois is I as I know him. You still work out? Yeah. Do I work out? Yeah. Do you oh, I love work? working out. <laughs> just checking? Yes. All right, just checking. We want to keep uh, our uh, director of plenty healthy, <laughs> yeah. and he does that uh, by his own accord. All right, we're talking with him. So what about that project? You look around the city and and say, damn it, I'd, I'd like to see something happen here. If, if I were only a private developer, 
No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, you know, not a developer. And, you know, I'm going to first say in my uh, my career with the city of Woonsocket, did I did I never think I would be in the planning department. But I actually thoroughly love this job. Mm -hmm. You know, my whole career has been in DPW working alongside Director D'Agostino. So coming to the plan department has been um, very interesting. And I kind of I like the job. And, you know, talking previously before the commercial about meeting with different companies and what what would I like to see as the director of plan development. I think the downtown area that meaning, you know, uh, Wall Street, Clinton Street, Cumberland um, street to social street. I like to see that area re-energize. Now we would have had a really good company by a CVS, a building that CVS occupied on, um, Clinton street. There was aggressive, uh, that was marketed. There was aggressive, uh, fight for that real estate. Um, won't disclose who purchased it until it's all done, but a company in the city was trying to get it. They didn't win the bid and war on that, and I think that was a big loss to the city of Woonsocket. And um, and I think if they would have got that, that would have been a complete change in the downtown. Um, if you look on some of the real estate, the what I call the Sawtooth Building, right be, uh, next to Burger King, that is on an uh, auction site right now. And the family, we've met with that family. They're looking to, um, you know, sell that property. It's interesting how they're doing it. We've got some active developers that are looking at that right now. Again, some great visions of what they would do with the property. People that have walked it have been calling the office. Mike, you know, if I decide I want to look at that, what's your thoughts? Very interesting. Um, the Rite Aid building that's been vacant for a number of years. We've had some developers actually walking through that in the last two weeks. Uh, again, Good thoughts. Um, I, I would love to see, you know, with the food hub going down there. And, you know, and I'm, you know, just because I'm a director and I work under the administration with the mayor doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that she's telling me what to say. But I, I do fully think what she's saying about a grocery store is needed in the city of Wontake. And I think that if we got something uh, established in the city. So this isn't just in the downtown. He's just saying in general. I think we need that in the city of Wontake. Um, and I think that would be also be a game changer for the city. Then we go up into uh, the downtown, the Main Street area. Um, we're working on the design of the Truman Bypass. Uh, my office has been active. We're doing a lineal park down there. We're using grant money. I know that there's been other things talking about it's past city councils, which this, their visions, I don't know where that would ever go. We have a vision that actually can be accomplished that we're working on. And this is... Again, keep saying game changer. It's going to be a game changer for the for the Truman Drive and what that's going to look like. But then we get on to Main Street and the developers that are, you know, the apartments going in at the old call building and the building on the side, the Longley building, the hospital trust building. I'd like to get some more commercial stuff onto that. Um, we've been working with the higher ed and the owners of that building and bringing them um, some people that are looking to expand and move their businesses into the city um, and relocate. So th that we keep pushing um, to some of those storefronts that are vacant uh, that, hey, we've got this one. Here's a phone number. Help call. You know, do you want us in the meeting? Do you want us uh, just to back off and give you the lead? So I like all that part. I like where I, I like that part of it. And I think between the downtown and Main Street, um, those are two areas. And of course, then when we, when we get up to Barry Field, when we get to move from what Director D'Agostino was saying, we move the football field and stuff. Then we've got that big parcel up there to work with. 
When the uh, comprehensive plan, there was a survey for the comprehensive plan. Yes. And uh, I just want to read one one thing from the uh, summary uh, because, and this will be our last question, and uh, uh, several residents responded they'd like to see more affordable housing options. And so the legislature, they passed a million bills on housing. We've got a whole bunch of housing developments underway in Woonsocket. We do. Do we need more affordable housing? I don't. Well, I mean, that's a touchy Just, subject, right? Right. But, but you're not running but, for. But I'm not a politician. <laughs> do we need any more affordable housing in Wintocket? No, we don't. Okay. And there'll be people that would argue with me. Sure. But we don't. Do we need um, better apartments that that are scattered throughout the city to for people for access for quality of life yes but i you know when you start looking at all these buildings that we just talked about that means in the next year and a half uh to 24 months we're probably looking at north of 350 apartments going on the market in the city one socket that's big in a community um they every developer said that they're looking at market rate um which is a nice term. Market rate's nice. I think that that fits well. It's got a nice taste to it. So, do we need more affordable? In my opinion, no. More, but more housing for people who are not qualified for affordable housing. Like the person that can afford $1,200 and they just want a nice apartment. They want a nice apartment. They mm-hmm. want a nice living community. They want some... Um, what else are you providing me in my a, a, a building? Are you providing me mm-hmm. a gym, a library, a common room? That's what they want. Washing facilities, you know, yeah. dr- washer and dryer, yes. You made the distinction between affordable housing and housing. Yes. <laughs> Mike, thanks for being here. No, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Uh, I do want to pay my condolences to Joe Matthews' family. Um, I know you mentioned his passing earlier this week, and that you know I, I take great pleasure of being able to sit in the office that he occupied for a number of years and the and the projects that he put his his uh, fingerprint on. And I can only hope that I do the same. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It was on my sheet here, uh, and the reason that I wanted you to comment on it is that I know you've been in. City Hall over 30 years. I know he spent many, many years at Woonsocket City Hall, and, and I think some of your timeline intertwined. Uh, I think he was in the building at the same time as you were, right? I loved working, right. I didn't work for Joel. I worked with Joel. I loved, uh, uh, the, the gentleman had a lot of knowledge. He was active in a lot of projects, so it was great working with Joel. And there's a number of people that are still in my office that worked for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tuesday during our staff meeting, we, you know, they interjected about time that they spent with, uh, with Mr. Matthews and stuff. And, you know, um, he did great for the city of Woonsocket. I was talking with Scott Gibbs uh, when he was in the building the other night, and uh, he said uh, this guy was a design architect or, not, or an architect designer or something like that. And I guess we all, all the different planning directors, whether it was on David Boulay, uh, we, they all bring um, uh, different credentials to the office. But as they all have said to me, I don't know if you're going to say it to me, the best uh, teacher is being there. <laughs> it is. It's, every day is different. I look forward to every day. I'm in the office early like all the directors are. Um, and I look forward to seeing what's going to happen. We'll see you next time on the program. Thank you okay. very much. Good day. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket.